This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. And I'm RJ Bailog. And we're just two guys with no other choice now. Oh, Jesus, that, that really took me by surprise. <laughs> well, we have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week, we, like, kick a dog, do some shit to a horse, <laughs> solve, mm-hmm. solve a crime. As we watch spine mm-hmm. number 80 in the Criterion Collection, The Element of Crime from 1984, directed by Lars von Trier. But first, RJ... Mm. How have you been the last few days? Uh, I've been okay the last few days. Have you been uh, Have you been cramming for uh, ghoul school? <laughs> huh? Uh, not as much as I'd like to. I'm gonna. I'm. There's gonna be a final push for the finish here. I've been uh, been a little busy with the work. Next month will be worse. But by my but by my math, RJ, movies. you've got 55 yeah. movies to watch in a week. If you want to finish up your list as it exists you, currently. Are you are you trying to say that I'm not going to do it? Are you doubting my ability? Yes, I've, I I I know the realities. I know what it's like to be a, a baylog. Mm, yeah, all, during, all, uh, all talk, all talk. Oh, is that right? Yeah. How many do you know? All this bluster. <laughs> I, uh, I know. Yeah. I know enough. <laughs> enough. Yeah. Well, whatever, man. You know, sometimes you got to be a real man and do your jo- do the job that you got to do, and then. Mm. It, there's not enough time for this, this mm-hmm. movie stuff. Well, right? yeah. Well, your priorities are just wrong. <laughs> the uh, my priorities either put the time into the thing I get paid for, or the thing that like three people care about. <laughs> I'm not including me or you either. Hey, We're both checked out on this. Yo, yo, hey, hey. Speaking of which, uh, yeah, two of those three people they they stepped up, and we didn't even know it. Really? What did they do? Oh, they uh, they gave us some reviews. Reviews? Yeah. Man, we haven't gotten reviews in a long, long time. Well, to be fair, I haven't looked recently, uh, but one yeah. completely slipped by. Uh, but I don't know, hey, before I get to those, uh, do you, yeah, any, how... any other thoughts on this week? Or <laughs> these, on this these, week? These three days since we last spoke? Since we last spoke? Um, I got a new plunger. Ooh. Yeah, so I'm a big advocate of, uh, you know, when you go to a new house, I, f- I feel like it's a good time to invest in a new plunger. Yeah. Even if you've only been at a place for a year or so. I was there longer, but, you know, I, I like to have a new plunger, and I always like to have one handy wherever I go. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I've been in some sticky situations. One time at a hotel, I had to call the front desk. And uh, because, you know, that's the thing. Hotels don't usually have plungers in the bathroom, and I feel like that's a huge huge error because it's like guys like me roll in there and then you get a call at like 11 at night and you're like hey listen you better get a plunger up here now unless you want water damage on your hand um that did happen but they they came up and it was fine it was a little embarrassing for me but whatever i don't care but yeah so i got a new plunger and uh, i'm not really used to it it's got some kickback so it's got like this lip thing that comes out of it and uh, i was getting in there the other day and uh, it was really um it was really like you know, you know what I mean. Re- recoiling the water, <laughs> recoil, kick back. Yeah. So uh, I'm getting used to it, huh. but that's kind of um, that's what that's how my life is. Uh, how's your life? Uh, not, not too bad. Um, not not as good as that though. No, don't have any toilet plunger stories or toilet related you're, stories. You're a chump. Everything in that department's been pretty normal, pretty regular. Mm-hmm. 
Um, looking forward to Halloween. That's like mm-hmm. right away. Um, might even go what, to a. What are you gonna do for Halloween? Uh, watch movies. But like on yep. the on the Saturday before, I may even go to a party. What are you talking about, party? I know. I know. You don't go out of your house. That's, this is true. Are you going to a costume party, like a, an adult party? Yes. Yeah. With I'm, adult beverages. Yeah, like one of those like weird sex parties, I think. Oh, sex parties, huh? Yeah. yeah. Oh, do you want to hear? Do you want to hear something funny about sex yes. parties? Yeah. So last night I got home from work really late. I got home at like nine or something like that, and Andrea was a. Uh, she texted me. She's like, "Do you want um?" She's like, "Do you want uh, me to make you some dinner?" I was like, "Yeah, sure." She's like, uh, "Okay, what do we have?" She's like, "Pierogies in the freezer and bacon." I was like, "Yeah, sure, that's fine." And uh, when I got home, uh, she made me a nice dinner. I was very thankful. But she uh, she didn't know how long to uh, uh, cook the pierogies for, so she Googled it, but she spelt it really weird because she, she thought it was like an old European thing. So she put uh, – it was like pierogi, but it was spelled pie orgy. And the first result that came up was cream pie orgy. Oh. And uh, so that was the dinner I had last night. A cream pie orgy. It was a uh, see, see, and she thought that I showed her porn intentionally. And if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, you can go to Google school and listen. No way. Some other time. And she thought I did it intentionally, but it was an honest mistake. And now I have this on her. I, so it's even now. Because okay. I said, what you? So anyways, what are you talking about? Sex parties? You're going to a party this weekend, hey? Yeah, but uh, it all dep- I guess it depends on whether or not I find time the next, like, you know, 72 hours or so to go buy a costume because I ain't got nothing. Hey, hey, hey. What are you talking about? Buy a costume. Buy. Only chumps buy costumes. Go make one, man. Oh, whatever. I'll go. What do you do? You have any ideas of what you would want to be? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Hot dog? No. I'm not a dog. Mm, I always thought it'd be funny to go as mustard one year. Just get a yellow t shirt and some yellow pants and write mustard on your shirt. I think that would be hip with the kids. Heinz or French? No, no, no. Just maybe president's choice. Mm. Mustard. Well, what are your ideas? Are you going to share? No, I'm not going to share. Are you, are you and Chanel doing group costumes or are you doing your own thing? Mm, we thought about it, but uh, some of the ideas we bandied about, it's like way too short a notice. Like we've only started taking this seriously like in the last mm. like little bit. So yeah. Uh, I've done more in less time. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Me and Andrew I, I, went I as Mulder it. and Scully one year, where I was Scully and she was Mulder. Right. Wasn't that? It just was like, pretty good. Was that just last year? No, it was like three, four years oh, ago. Okay. Three years ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if you're not going to tell us, then that's lame. Well, uh, are you going to drink okay. alcohol beverages at this party? No. That would be that would be no. breaking that would be breaking character for the costume potential. Hmm. Are you going as like a Latter Day Saint or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need to go buy like a dress shirt and a badge with my name. A badge, and uh, you need pens to go into Elder, your front pocket. Elder Frederick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that's cool, but <laughs> it's whatever. It's mysterious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But hey, yo, we got some. We got a couple of reviews. Really? We did. Where? On on the internet, RJ. On what uh, uh, what medium? On, uh, I don't know, but uh, Oliver uh, Granger he sent a screen cap of his. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll read that one second though. First, I'll read uh, okay. Josh, 
who I this one was on the uh, iTunes one. Okay. Uh, five stars. Great show with great hosts. Not every film discussion needs to be film school. It also doesn't need to pander to popular tastes. Listening to this podcast is like listening to two friends just passionately talking about films they love, hate, and are apathetic about. It's more than worth a listen. Oh, that's very kind of him. Yeah. Because uh, I know I try to do the pondering, like, very, uh, you know, in-depth analysis, but uh, I know you like to keep it looser. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Oliver uh, five-starred us. It's neither, and I believe I guess the title of it is "It's neither here nor there," <laughs> and this was from, from nice. this was from September of uh, this Ooh, year. Shit! One intelligent film buff talks about films in the Criterion Collection. His friend, a meat eater who works nights selling cows to the to be slaughtered, complains about oh. animal violence in films while <laughs> saying dump, "dumps and butts" over and over again. Hmm. Well, I. I, I can't even fault him because his review is pretty accurate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's 100% accurate. Yeah, it really touches on the uh, cognitive dissonance of uh, your life. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll have you know that a lot of these rancher farmer type, they're, they're usually a lot more sympathetic to the animal's needs than uh, Joe Blow, who works in the office building that goes and picks up his hamburger. Mm-hmm. So they're... There, there's, there's more to the, more to it than people would imagine. They're not, they're not all monsters, farmers. <laughs> well, they are in three on a meat hook, which I was just watching before uh, starting uh, recording tonight. Mm-hmm. It's a classic. Is it about a, a butcher shop? No. Well, oh. I don't, maybe I don't know. Is I'm it not about that, farmers? I'm not that far in. Hmm. It's, it's, it's. There's mm. like, there's a bit of a farmhouse though, and there's meat hooks. And there's women on them. Are there any butts and dumps? Uh, there were some butts. Nice, nice long ones. Uh, no, seventies, uh, seventies, oh. uh, little butts. Little butts. Yeah. I don't God, know. that's something I, I don't ever want to hear you say again. Little, little butts. Okay. Uh, anyway, eight? so RJ, uh, I don't know. What do you want to talk about as far as creeping? Are, are we gonna save talk about a few things here? Uh, um, I would say if anything, you could talk about a couple. I could talk about one if you want, or you could just do the creeping this week. It's up to you. I'll let you you decide. It doesn't matter. I mean, I'm sure I'll watch some more movies before the over the weekend and in between. So I don't mm-hmm. know. What, what's your one thing you want to talk about? That you uh, talk about? A little a little hot gem that I watched uh, called The Alien Factor. Oh yes. Uh, I feel like that's a good creep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because this is one Aliens. that needs to be talked on the uh, Criterion Creep proper and not just uh, yeah. the ghoul school. Yeah. So uh, this is a Jarrett pick. Kind uh, of. Well, you watched it last year. I I, did. I had thought that um, you had actually liked this movie, but your rating would appear that you either didn't or you just weren't super impressed by it. Um. Or is I, that just that's accurate? Well, okay. I'd say that I, so I watched this movie in the hotel room, uh, while I was out in Saskatchewan picking up mm-hmm. my girlfriend and getting mm-hmm. her artwork back. Um, I guess actually we drove out together and we were picking up our artwork together. That's what, what it was. And so I was hey. like, I was, it was like a, one of those crazy like drives out into the middle of nowhere and then like staying overnight. So I watched this movie then and there cause I just like had ripped it off of YouTube. Yeah. Um, and I like there's aspects of this movie that I like, but I could never actually call this a good movie. And yeah, yeah, I agree. There, but but the thing is though, like I'm, I'm inconsistent, I guess, because there's sometimes movies that I watch that are like 
I like and I know they're bad movies, but I'll like mm-hmm. maybe overrate them in the scale of like shitty movies. Sure. <laughs> and so well, I feel like this could have been yeah, a and I feel like yeah, I mean, I think I I do like this movie. Um, I actually, I, yeah. I, I can't remember if I talked about it, but I did. Talk, I watched a uh, documentary uh, on the Don Kohler, uh, blood, Kohler. Uh, blood boobs and beasts, mm-hmm. um, and I thought that was an awesome documentary. And yeah, uh, yeah like I kind of I like this guy's chutzpah. He's kind of like a Roger Corman type in his demeanor. Like sure. he's very deadpan, and he just mm-hmm. wants to make movies because that's the best thing you can do, and he does it. And uh, he knocked out a couple of these oddities uh mm-hmm. in baltimore in his own backyard literally in his own backyard um nice and he just like made caught made alien costumes and what have you and just went with it filmed it uh and those are like definitely the highlights i think of the movie it's just like how mm-hmm. great those costumes are oh yeah so the costumes are awesome so and t- 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 remind everyone about the alien factor <laughs> Okay. So, uh, yeah, because I think you talked about this on Ghoul School. So if yes. anyone hadn't uh, did the extracurricular, they might not know. So a guy named Don Doler made this. He made other sweet alien films such as Night Beast and Galaxy Invader that I haven't seen, but they have cool posters. Yeah. Uh, so the Alien Factor was made in 78. And uh, a spaceship crashes and uh, what apparently you said was Baltimore. Uh, oh, in like... It's like a small town, and there's kind of a wooded area out in the background. The guy's backyard in the, uh, yeah. in the suburbs of Baltimore. <laughs> Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, spaceship crashes, and uh, a bunch of aliens get let on the loose. Um, apparently what happened is it was an intergalactic zoo that crashes on uh, Earth. Mm-hmm. And, uh, awesome idea. Different... Yeah, it, awesome. Um, there's actually like... A, I think it's Bradbury or even maybe Philip K. Dick or someone has a story idea like that. Or not. Or Vonnegut? Doesn't matter. Anyways, so like um, a bunch of different aliens are let loose in uh, Baltimore and then people start dying because these aliens will fuck you up, brother. Um, and what happens is the aliens are killing people and the townspeople don't know if it's uh, wild animals. They think it's a cougar or like a bear or something. Or something else is going on, and then uh, a well-traveled adventurer comes into town, and he says he was tracking a meteor, and uh, mm-hmm. a real specialist. To, yeah, real specialist. So he goes out, and he says, "This isn't a meteor; it's a spaceship." And then uh, he's the only one who smart enough to figure out it's aliens, and then he kind of goes and tries to protect the people and take out the aliens mm-hmm. himself. Uh, so this movie is, as you pointed out, very low budget. It was shot on like a camcorder in this dude's backyard or something. Uh, but it's a cool idea. Um, the acting isn't great, but why? if you're going to watch this, I don't think that's what you would expect anyways. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> it's a cool idea. And uh, what you said, like the costumes are awesome. Uh, I really like, like, I liked it uh, because there's a lot of different kinds of aliens and they mm. didn't really have to do that, but right. it's kind of cool that they did. Like there's like a Sasquatch one. There is uh they actually do one where it's like they, what is that when they project like a stop motion onto this, onto the film or something like that? It's like, it's near, you, cause I mean, it's just compositing or whatever, I guess, but uh, okay. Yeah. There's like this like wormy kind of thing. That's really big and kind of cute. Mm-hmm. uh that you like can't really see there's one that's like almost like wind it might be that one 
uh, but like it, it goes up to a guy and like stuff is knocking over and you can tell it's like a guy behind or off screen that has like a wire and is just pulling the shit but it's kind of cool um, and these aliens have horrible powers like uh, one pokes a guy and then he gets like a progeria or something that thing where you, you like age Rapidly, he's like yeah. yeah he's like 100 years old and then he dies um, there's one that is my absolute favorite it's it's like a Sasquatchy thing up top. He's like kind of hairy and he's got a six pack. Uh, and then it's like a normal dude. But then from his legs, they put like stilts yeah. or like not even stilts. It's like milk crates, basically. Like they stacked like three milk crates on top of each other. But then they like uh, they put like fur all around it to yep. make it look like it's his legs. And uh, there's lots of scenes of that guy, like, doing really well, actually, like, mm-hmm. walking on ice and snow yep. with these huge, like, stilts on, like, going yep. through stuff. Uh, attacking around people. the most, like, boring, like, suburban house. Just, like, walking around. Yeah. And it's snowy. It's a little snowy, it's too. A little snowy, yeah. Um, so, like, I thought that was all really cool. And uh, there's another alien that I believe you used the picture for a ghoul school last year where it's, like, a really yeah kind of burnt up face almost. Uh, it's got a pretty rad ending. I uh, I said out to my out loud to myself, "Oh shit!" Uh, when it ended, it's got one of those. You know, mm-hmm. maybe we're the real monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, man. I thought it was a cool movie. It was uh, it was fun. Yeah, no. Yeah. I'm glad you watched it. I figured you would like it. Um, yep. I know I've got a, I've got Night Beast on my watch list. Ooh yeah. So I'm looking forward to that because that monster in that looks pretty cool. I think it's more uh, more predator ish. Yeah, as well. Night it's, it's a, yeah. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, kind of that sort of idea of like alien coming mm-hmm. to Earth and getting up to no good, which nice. I think is also the, like very similar to Galaxy Invader. And it's like I think mm-hmm. Night Beast is like the remake of Galaxy Invader. Uh, but anyway, and then yeah, he, then he went on to make some like produce some like weird like vampire porn stuff. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah, real good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Alien Factor was pretty, pretty cool, man. Uh, I liked it because uh, it's got aliens in it and it was low budget, but it was kind of fun. And it, it's like you said, it actually was a pretty cool idea. So, yeah. 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 Totally. Totes. Yeah. It's it's good stuff, brah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, what about you? Well, uh, I guess I'll have to, I don't know, pick up the slack here. Well, you uh, might as well. How, how many movies have you watched so far? You mean that I haven't talked about? Uh, one, two, yeah. three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, like twelve, thirteen movies I could talk about, but I'm not going to. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. I'll touch on some though. Yeah, uh, just talk about a few. Okay. Well, uh, one of the worst movies I watched. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Uh, was, was a little film called from from 2003 called Dead Clowns. Mm, um, that sounds bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, there's nothing about this to suggest that it was good. Um, mm-hmm. It was directed by a fella by the name of Steve Sessions. And all this guy has done is made, like, the worst type of, like, straight-to-video schlock that would probably mm-hmm. only be found tabled at horror conventions. Um, the reason it came to my mind is, like, this somebody that I follow on Letterboxd, they put a list of, like, their Steve Sessions films ranked. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was like, who the hell is this? And like, this guy's watched all eight of his movies with titles mm-hmm. such as Cremains, Hellbound, Sinister, Malefic, 
which I think there's like actually multiple films called Malefic. Mm-hmm. Uh, At the House of Madness, Zombie Pirates, Torment. Mm. So I okay. said, all right, I'm going to throw one of these pieces of shit on my watch list this October. And mm-hmm. I went with Dead Clowns. Okay. Uh, I'll read you the synopsis here. Uh, so this is from 2003. The residents of Port Emmett prepare for a hurricane that'll churn up a 50-year-old secret, awakening an army of zombie clowns. Left to die after a circus train accident, the clowns rise from their muddy graves to get revenge. The guilty can run, but they can't hide from the truth or the undead. Hmm, that sounds pretty good. Yep. So, uh, this movie brought back a lot of memories, Uh, Mm -hmm. first of all. Uh, there's one guy in this that I was like, oh yeah, emo kids. I forgot about emo kids. Uh, mm-hmm. do, do you know what I mean by that when I say it? <laughs> yeah, I'm not 13. I, I know what an emo no. kid is. Yeah, but, but like, you don't see them anymore, right? Like they're, they're gone. No, not really. Yeah, They've evolved. They evolved. Yeah. They're just hipsters. I they're guess, millennials now. now. Yeah. Well, they were always, I guess always millennials, but uh-huh. I don't know that like particular look of, um, I don't know the having, uh, Mick Jagger hair, but it's like dyed black and mm-hmm. weird plugs, skinny jeans, all that fun stuff. Yeah, it's like it's just like a whole group of people that just like all you saw tons of these guys all wandering around and now you don't see them at all. Well, here's one in 2003 and he's snorting yep. coke that is actually sugar off of a bathroom counter at the theater he's a security Ooh. guard at. Um, and then the other memory brought up uh, was my own experiences uh, shooting short films and video stuff back in like 2003, 2004 uh, and just like seeing all the stuff the problems of the like kind of uh i guess you call prosumer uh stuff that you had at your fingertips that have like long been exceeded like Mm -hmm. mini mini dv jvc camcorders where you get things like progressive scanning deinterlacing from like video editing fake widescreen uh, all this stuff that i'm like oh i remember this stuff and there was Mm -hmm. like no way around it but this this guy he just like was going with it shooting a Mm -hmm. real movie that's like that's a full 90 minutes long and like mm. all, all your audio is right off the camera mic, so you get lots of just room noise and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And like you know, casting your non-actor friends, that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, this movie—it actually starts off like the guy clearly knows how movies are made. Like he understands mm-hmm. like how they're paced, I guess. Like he knows what a movie is, um, but there's like it's just nothing happens. Uh, <laughs> whenever these the dead clowns just show up. Uh, they just, they appear in people's houses and people don't really react to the dead clowns the way that you would, you would just start freaking out and like yelling Mm -hmm. or like if you're making a movie about it, they should be like screaming or do anything. But all these people kind of be just like, Oh, Oh geez. There's this like undead clown here. I better like walk away from it. And then they just kind of walk up the stairs away. Like they're not like screaming. They're not reacting. Yeah. And like, that's like a thing throughout this whole movie is like nobody really fully on reacts. Which uh, some people might be bold enough to be like, well, it's an artistic choice, <laughs> but it's not. Mm. It, but it's not. It isn't. Um, this was exactly what I expected. Um, yeah. So I guess this is his second best movie, <laughs> um, but I will not be pursuing cremains. I guess uh, at this point in my life, because ninety minutes—that's the one you should have went with. Ninety minutes, man. Those are precious minutes that you just can't, uh, you know, throw out there all the time. Uh, well, and then, yeah, I kind of had a, kind of a run of kind of crud. Uh, I watched another movie that was yeah. like not so good. 
Uh, this mm-hmm. is a 1988 movie called Dance of the Damned. Uh, this okay. had popped up on some other guy's list of like uh, underrated 80s movies, and whoever it was, he like rated it quite highly. And so, and like I read on paper, this sounds like potentially really good. Uh, what is it here? A vampire follows his instincts to a strip joint where he focuses in on one of the performers. He picks her up for his meal because she is contemplating suicide, but he wants to share her life before taking it, and during the course of the evening, they discuss their differences, their fears, and their lifestyles. As the moment of truth approaches, the woman becomes less sure that she wants to die. So I'm like, hmm, this could be like a Richard Linklater mm. type of deal. This could be like has potential, like a some actual like his character uh, sort of stuff between uh, a vampire and a, a stripper. And it could be mm-hmm. done. It could be done well, or it could be done badly. Um, this movie is just like it fails on all those fronts. Uh, mm-hmm. th- their lead actor is just like this dude with like the longest mullet I've ever seen, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know. All the writing and character stuff is terrible and flat. Uh, it's very repetitive. Um, yeah, I don't know. Super disappointing, I guess. Uh, I had hopes that this movie that I had never heard of and nobody talks about might be really good. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's always the hope, I guess. Like this movie, mm-hmm. I don't think I don't know if this movie's escaped like VHS or Laserdisc. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that bummed me out too. Um, I watched a couple short films. I always like to uh, you know, jazz up my uh, horror viewing, uh, mm-hmm. finding some shorts that are recent or ones I'd never heard of. Yeah. Uh, the first one I'll mention is this one called To My Mother and Father, which is from the director of that Baskin movie. That uh, Oh, yeah. That, yeah. that weird one, hey? Yeah, that, like, it's like Turkish and it's extreme. Yeah. Well, <laughs> RJ, to, uh, this To My Mother and Father, it's pretty extreme. What do you um, mean by extreme? Like French extreme? Uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, yeah. so the as I was watching this, I just started like, uh, how does it start? So it opens up with a kid and he finds this mask in like his parents' bedroom or somewhere in the house. And he's like, yeah. I'm going to put the mask on and I'm going to go hide in the closet and scare my parents when they come home. Hee <laughs> hee. So innocently enough. Uh, we then mm-hmm. cut to the parents coming home. And I started thinking about like Michael Myers and Halloween. Um, the th- first thing you notice is like this house is like kind of like a like 70s looking home or like a movie that you would see in a 70s type of home. And the parents are like way too young looking to like have a kid as old as that. Um, they're like, it's like you're, you're having your 24-year-old friends playing like 40-year-olds and dressing like that and having a house that looks this way. It's like it just doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. But limitations yeah. of uh, independent filmmaking, I guess. The parents co- go upstairs and they're like, oh, they call for the kid. Oh, I don't know where he is. And then they go to the bedroom. <laughs> and like, the, of course, uh, the, the mother, she's pregnant like, but obviously, uh, it's just like a thing under her, <laughs> under her dress. But, but then, like, so the kids in the mm-hmm. closet, and you're like, okay, where's this going? And then, like, it proceeds to be like dad deciding to have some rough sex with his wife, and they just start bang, they start, Ew. they just start banging, <laughs> and like he's just like pound, yeah. pounding her from behind, like right as she's like holding up to the closet while the kids there, and you're like, oh shit, that's like kind of horrific, I guess, and it's like that's pretty messed up. Like, that's like a messed up idea. Cool. And that would be like almost like enough for an idea of a short film. But it has to go a little further. Sure. So the kid is seeing this. And apparently he like, 
has like the Lovecraftian doors of reality open up to him in his mind's eye, and like oh, okay. it just like transitions to like this like precipice of a pyramid. It's all like it's like a bunch of like gobbledygook visual nonsense, and then like I think that like something happens. And there's a sound, and then the parents are like, "Oh Jesus, oh!" And then like, "Oh man, oh God, the kids in there." And then some mom opens up the thing. Oh honey, are you okay? But the kid's got this mask on, and then the kids just start slowly mm-hmm. walking out of the closet. And she's like, whatever his name is, Danny, Danny, no, no, Danny, it's okay, Danny, Danny. And then, like, the, the kid just slowly walks out. And then, like, the mask breaks apart. And, like, it's just like it's like monster tentacle horror beast monster coming out of this kid. <laughs> and then, like, Ooh. knocks the, the, or the corners of the mother and then proceeds to put its hand on, like, the mother's pregnant stomach. And then, like, rips into her pregnant womb and rips out the child. Oh, yeah, and then it's like okay. Yeah, and this like, sounds like a Jarrett. It's it's uh yeah. So and then 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 the mother's dead, and then this like demon child monster thing turns its attention to the father, and then it tr- then it ends. But it's like what what the fuck could he do to the dad that like is more horrific than what he did to the mother? It's just like scale wise, it doesn't make any sense. Um, so well, as I was watching this, I just kind of like right. rolled my eyes and went ah oh, what a how edgy <laughs> what a, what an edge lord. <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah, that was my experience with to my mother and father. It has some like, okay aspects to it, but then it just goes like ridiculous, uh, which is also what happened with the other one I watched, which was, uh, it's got the mm-hmm. odd title of when Susserus stirs. Um, so this one's, this one's what's from, this one about? So this one just came out last year from a guy named Anthony cousins. Um, mm-hmm. I believe, I think, nope, that this is it for him so far. Uh, this here's the synopsis on Letterbox: a body horror tale like no other, the story of one man's bond with a parasitic creature that could result in the end of us all. So, this story goes: okay. uh, it's this guy, this like total square-looking, um, I don't know, generic actor-looking dude. He's just this blonde-haired guy right. that you've seen in yep. a million like independent movies, and he's just like sitting in this like apartment. And there's this voiceover narration of him like eating all the time. And there's just it's just him like eating a bunch of food and there's this narration of why he has to eat because he has like a parasite now in his body. Mm-hmm. Um this movie's kind of ugly to look at. Like it's everything's super garish and overly lit and hyper contrasty and stuff like that. Not a particularly good looking film. Um I would actually have preferred this to be almost like a comic and drawn by one person rather than like these weird, like changes scene to scene where like the look, the visual look of everything just completely dramatically shifts. Um, they, I don't even know. You call this like it's super neon-y and stuff like that. So I think they had an idea, but it just didn't quite work, but the guy's eating and eating and eating. And the idea is that he's got this mm-hmm. like monster tapeworm thing inside of him that wants him to keep eating and he keeps eating, eating, eating. And then like, we get some like really bad fat guy makeup, <laughs> Like it, it looks like it's really poorly done. Like you can see, like when his like mouth's closed, you can see where like the fat guy, like mouth was attached to his lip, but it became detached, mm-hmm. and they didn't reseal it. That sort of like sloppiness, but it's got kind of like a, uh, I don't know, a redeeming sort of end because it plays into like sort of stuff that I'm interested in, I guess, from like a writer standpoint, of like he's he's like all fat and monstrous, and he knows he's about to like, I don't know, whatever is inside of him is about to come forth out of him and he goes to a th- he goes to a theater to watch like uh i think what movie are they watching i think they're watching the tingler uh the vincent price movie oh yeah um yeah. 
And then, like, all these people are in the theater. And then this guy, like, he's sitting there. And he's, like, body. He's, like, writhing and sweating. He's starting to, like, burst. And then, like, his <laughs> his cock comes out. And then, like, out from out of his... Of course, it's his cock because that's edgy. And out of the cock, his mm. cock is... It's a, it's a big prosthetic cocky thing. And then it grows and grows and grows. And then it splits in half. And then the parasite thing kind of emerges out of it. And it's just, like... I don't know. It's very... Uh, it's uh, something, like, out of Alien Factor. Just, like... Shot with blue mm-hmm. and reds and greens. I don't know. In factor was good. Well, it's like that. Yeah. Um, and then like it, yeah. then the tip of it explodes, and then all these spores go out into the theater <laughs> to dispense, disperse mm-hmm. itself. And it's sort of the, that's the punchline. That's the joke. <laughs> edgy. It's edgy. Penis what was that one called? That one's when Susurus stirs. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, there, I, there's this one that uh, I wanted to check out, but I couldn't find it. It's called Polaroid, and I think it's being turned into like a mm-hmm. I think dimension or something like that picked up the feature film rights. So I don't know. That one seemed to be maybe a little bit more subtle and not so uh, try hard. Well, yeah, that one has uh, Mitch Pileggi, you know, uh, um, assistant director Skinner from mm. X-Files. Yeah. It's got him in there. Whoa. He's not in movies very often. Not yeah, not, not these days. He's a little yeah. too too bald, I guess. AD Skinner, man. Yeah, but he's he's like a man's man. You ever seen him with his shirt off in X Files? I, I I probably did, but I don't recall. Mm. Makes the women go crazy. <laughs> and men. And men. Man, yeah, mm-hmm. I I just I I didn't really watch too many good horror movies. What a what a botch. Yeah, that's where. Uh, when, well, once you once you've seen everything, you, have, you keep having to find new stuff, and it's just like, oh. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I've got hope. I've got some good stuff. I got that uh, a ghost story to watch. I think that that's like actually a, like a really good movie. I think so. Is that a horror movie? It's got a ghost. <laughs> okay, I was gonna say I thought that was like I'll a, take a I'll, romance. I'll, or yeah, something. I'll, I'll, that's fine. There's like, I mean, Dracula's a romance, arguably. Sure. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, I guess. I guess you're right. Baby yeah. Blood is a romance. Baby Blood is it's a, well, it's about a mother. It's a fam family drama. Family drama, yeah. Yeah. Also so. about parasitey things and like the end of the world and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a subgenre. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I watched like Shudder, the um. J horror. Yeah, the Thai horror. Uh, it's tie. T-horror? Yeah, T-horror. Uh, that little yeah. Nick niche. Uh, the movie is pretty jump scary for the uh, most part. So, is it any good, though? Mm, you could probably skip it and watch some like better J-horror stuff instead. It's like, I don't know. It, good it's, to know. It, it's got a good, I guess, final beat ending to it. Like It kind of like when he actually gets to like the final twist of it it's like oh okay that kind of justifies why anyone would talk about this because otherwise it's like if you've watched j-horror you know what you're going to get yeah yep. okay yeah well that's good to know because i'll push it off then yep <laughs> push it Priorities. off your list yeah I, yeah you got some better stuff you sh- you need to Have watch you? fucking uh spirit of the dead spirits of the dead the one with uh, oh yeah that movie that i didn't i didn't ask for but you, you like, put in my well, list like return of the living dead part three yeah, I uh, see. I didn't. I thought I I forgot that I didn't ask for that, but that one was nice. Yeah. No, I was just thrown off by it. I was like, I don't even know what this is. Mm-hmm. I'll just put it to the bottom of the pile. <laughs> I'll, I'll watch it this week. Okay. 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 Fine. 
All right. Okay. So anything else you want to talk about, or uh, is that a, a nice brisk creep? I think that's a nice brisk creep because we'll be talking nice. like for hours on the weekend. Uh, yeah. Anyway, hey RJ, got any Yo. news for us? Apparently, your buddy Rob Zombie is making a sequel to The Devil's Rejects, <laughs> which uh, I've never seen, but I heard. Don't all the characters die in that movie? Yes. Spoilers. So what's he? What's what's Rob Zombie doing? Ah, uh, you could do a prequel. No, it's a sequel. Nah, we'll see. Who knows? Yeah. Well, because that's always the joke. That's always the joke too. Whenever, um, oh god, what's his name? Awesome, my 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 boy, Bald Goose, the big beard. Mr. Spalding. Huh? Spalding. Yeah. I'm just playing. Uh, he's great. Yeah. Okay, I'll look it up. You talk about it. Okay. So yeah, like him and uh other guy in the movie they, they make jokes about like well you're you're in your favorite actor annoying man uh who, who annoys the shit out of you uh incoming male from texas chainsaw massacre 2 oh yeah we're doing bad on names today yeah to- sid haig is the sid cool haig. guy sid haig and uh sid haig was the cool guy and the guy that i fucking hate is bill mosley bill mosley so apparently Fuck like because they, they they get asked about this all the time and they're like well yep. uh when we're at conventions people say hey uh you should do a, you should do a sequel and they have a conversation if they're at the same convention they go hey bill what hey sid what hey should we are we going to do a sequel i don't know why right i don't think so why because we're both dead like mm-hmm. it's like yeah so i don't know how that would work but i guess rob zombie's like yeah i can make it work <laughs> Well, did you see Halloween 2? Yeah. Rob Zombie's Halloween 2? Yeah. yeah, so he can do whatever he wants. It's that's it's fact. proof that that's he doesn't he doesn't need an idea to make a movie. Hmm, yeah. Um you know what? I realized though is I still haven't seen Rob Zombie's latest movie, 31. Oh, the um, clown one? Yeah, his uh his like Kickstarter movie. Um Well, did we ever talk about it on the show? See, that's another case in point. Where I think someone bet him that he couldn't make a movie in like two weeks, and he was like, "Oh yeah," and so he went to Kickstarter, and like that's what that movie's from. So he's just—he's not really doing anything now. He's just, but I'm—I mean, I don't blame him. You got to make money somehow. Yeah. So, anyways, I thought you would get a kick out of that. Yeah, that was actually going to be my uh, one bit of news. Okay. <laughs> you want me to talk about uh, the Justice League scandal this week? Oh. Do go on. Uh, by scandal, I mean there was an uproar because the runtime was revealed. It is a nice, crisp 122 minutes. So two hours and two minutes. Uh, some real nerdy guys deduced that uh, it's actually only going to be about an hour and 53 minutes because of seven to eight minutes of credits. Uh, and apparently, um, producers were getting death threats this week because people think that it's too short. Everyone was talking about how this is a <laughs> this is a new record for the shortest DC movie, and uh, people were losing their fucking minds because they're like they're like you can't show a good movie in two hours. Oh my Book god! Book of Marvel movies. Fuck they're two hours off. and forty minutes. Fuck off! Those people. I think it's oh. it's because that Infinity War is going to be like three and a half hours oh. or something. So. Oh yeah, no Jer. fuck. I mean, Jer. two hours is like plenty, <laughs> plenty. Mm-hmm. Well, the fucking criticism for Batman Superman was that it was too long. And it was like 220. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was like 222. And everyone was like, oh, this is too too fucking long. And they even cut out 40, 50 minutes of it. So that's some other news for you is that people are nuts. 
people. Uh, yeah, you can't. Uh, people are. Yeah, they are nuts. You can't I, please I, them, Jer. I got some hot, hot news here. Uh oh. I you have have you seen Baby Driver yet? I can't even remember. No, no, oh, not fuck, yet. Who cares? Uh, well, you, you said you didn't like it, so I put it off. I, I didn't like it. I think it's not a very good movie. Um, but my news yeah. on that one is that uh, there's like so there's Austin Powers masks in the movie. Is that where they about to do that? It's, it's a joke. Yeah. If you think about it, you'll understand it. Uh, sure. But apparently, there's like a, a, a supply shortage now of Austin Powers masks this Halloween. Is it because they're uh, because be- of Baby Driver? People, people want to be part of the joke. That makes me kind of sad, though, because I feel like Austin Powers is a strong enough character on its own that people should just want to be him hey, for Halloween, Austin, and not because of Edgar Wright. Well, what if, what if you did want to be just like Austin Powers, and now you can't find masks of all these hipster assholes? Wouldn't, hey, you, Jer, wouldn't you be pissed? I would be pissed. I'm pretty sure I went as Austin Powers once for Halloween. Yeah. I think so. I can't really remember, but I, I'm pretty I, I w- sure. It wouldn't surprise me in the least. Why? Because he's a sexy baby? Oh, man. Um, the other piece of news here is apparently the Weinstein name will be scrubbed oh, no. from Weinstein movies. So, like that. What is it just going to be movies? I don't know what it's going to be. Something company, I guess. Because uh, I was hearing about some recent, some critic was saying that they were at a movie and the, the, yeah. the trailer came up and Weinstein Company popped up and people booed. And I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, that's going to have like real negative vibes to it. Like that company mm-hmm. could be in like serious trouble. Um, yeah. And uh, so apparently, yeah, uh, there's going to be like when Wind River comes out on probably Blu ray mm-hmm. or whatever, it's like not going to have the Weinstein name on it anywhere. They're, mm. they're going to be burying that shit. Yeah, he really got it, hey? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Hey, did you hear what your buddy Kevin Smith is going to do for his ne- his upcoming Weinstein movie? He's going to donate every cent to a charity. Wait, 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 wait. What, what, what movie? I thought that was... I don't uh, know, actually, because no, I thought his said, next one was going to be Moose Jaws. Well, so I thought that was like he was going to give residuals for his Miramax movies to like a, a, a women's filmmaker charity. Oh, I read it as like he has a movie coming out, but uh, I, I'm also under the impression that he's been trying to make movies lately and no one will give him money anymore. Good. Because <laughs> he went on this big tear about how he was going to make Mallrats too, and he even did photos with all the actors. He's like, they're coming back. And mm-hmm. then it, it uh, didn't get funded, and then he was going to make a TV show out of it, and that never went. He was supposed to make a six-episode hockey TV show, and that never worked. Like... Uh, oh no he's doing um oh you're gonna love this uh jane silent bob reboot and that's what it's called Uh, a reboot it's called and the title of the movie is jane silent bob reboot that's pretty meta that's probably the uh miramax movie that he's making yeah um so my thoughts on that news bit because that was like a week ago i think uh and i think you had threatened to bring it up but uh since then, uh, I've been thinking about it, and I was like, yeah, because like every time that article's popped up, everyone's like, you know, whatever you want to say about Kevin Smith, he's a good dude. He's a good yeah. dude. And it's like, no, he's not. He's a fucking liar because you know he knew. You know he'd heard stories. I don't care. Or he can cry. Yeah. He can fucking cry about it now, but he knew. Because mm-hmm. you know what? Tarantino, he just said, he like you read his like thing, and it's like, wow, he's like completely honest. Like this is mm-hmm. like a real thing, and it's by being honest, he's going to get people mad at him, and people will call for the boycott of Tarantino movies because oh, yeah. he allowed this to happen. And it's like people who say this shit do not live in the real world. 
of like yeah. power dynamics in the workplace. They mm-hmm. just they're not they're not plugged into things. They don't they don't know how how shitty the world is and like you can't just do whatever you want just because you have a fucking Twitter account. There's like real ramifications. <laughs> no, RJ, you can't. <laughs> oh, I, I better delete mine. Yeah, and you're you're waging your one man war on I don't know who who, who Max Landis. Could... Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you, you probably should stop saying yeah. he should kill himself. Or, or I only say or... that on the podcast. Uh so no. the only way he'll find it is if he's Googling his name and uh, audio clips pop up. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people sample our audio clips for other uh, very popular shows, right? I think so. Yeah, on their YouTube shows. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever. Max Linus sucks. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, yeah. And then, um, yeah, I don't know. S- sex in Hollywood, RJ. Uh, Corey Feldman. Mm-hmm. Corey Feldman has an Indiegogo. About, for what he wants to make a documentary about uh about his own life and uh the the pedophile ring that is in Hollywood. Well, you know what? I'm not even like whatever. Let him do it. He got raped a bunch as a kid. He can make a movie. So I, he prob- probably something bad happened to him because like he is fucked up. Um, well, but, that's what the show The Two Corys was about when yeah. Corey Haim was still around. Yeah. And they were Corey... talking about how they got abused and how they're like drug addicts and they're mm-hmm. like washouts now and they can't get no. into anything. And yeah, yeah. whatever. I don't, I'm, I'm cool with Corey Feldman. No, you're not. Because like, have you, have you watched those videos of him like on the the, the night show with his, oh, with, like his, with, his, with, his band? his with his angels? No, but no, I don't care about that. Yes, he, you, no, you do. You have to. As the voice of no. Donatello, he was the coolest Ninja Turtle. Would you like to know what some of the rewards are if you uh, donate to his Indiegogo? Does he send you personalized messages? Uh, he For, I think, like $100 US, he will like personally thank you on Twitter. Uh, nice. This is one of those uh, rewards. I think there's like a deal going now, too. Um, if you're interested, folks, you can go to the uh, Corey Feldman's Truth campaign. Nice. He's nice. asking. He's looking for ten million dollars. Uh, ten million. Yeah, because documentaries are expensive. RJ. Holy fuck. Uh, he's so far raised sixty thousand dollars US from eleven, okay. like eleven hundred and fifty backers. So he's at about one percent of his goal. It's flexible, so he's getting the money no matter what. He's got okay. two months to Good. raise it. Um, one of the first things he's got on here is a signed angelic CD. Uh, it was a hundred dollars originally. This is like the first buy-in option, the first mm-hmm. perk. Um, oh, and this is under the overview of human rights. Um, Ooh. and for, so for $50, you will receive a signed copy of angelic Two, the core CD from Corey and Courtney Felton. This item is for us residents only. Um, huh. so you'll get a signed CD for $50 us. Uh, but I mean, obviously a lot of that money is going to the good cause of giving Corey Feldman the money to make a documentary about himself, uh, right. for, for a hundred dollars, which is a 50% off discount. Cause otherwise it would cost you $200. Whoa. Um, yes. Uh, Corey will give a personal acknowledgement on Twitter to any $100 donor. If you leave your at name in the comments section, along with a copy of your receipt of purchase, uh, which is, yeah, it's a social media shout out. Uh, for mm-hmm. uh, for us, for the Science CD International, and also probably the bulk of our listeners, uh, mm-hmm. if we want to get in on this action and help out, uh, for $100, which is, again, a 50% off discount from $200, you'll uh-huh. get a signed CD sent to you. Because apparently shipping is like 50 bucks to send a CD nowadays. Oh, really? For $1,000, which is also a 50% off discount, 
<laughs> you will receive a personal email of gratitude. Corey will send a personal email thanking you for your contribution, provided you leave your email address. So if you fail to leave your email address, you're fucked. You just give them $1,000. So $1,000 and it's just a personalized email? Correct. Who's to say that he actually sent that email? Uh, I would, or even wrote well, it? Well, RJ, uh, I got some more here for you. For $20,000, oh, 50% oh, off for $10,000, uh, you will get tickets to the film premiere. You will receive mm. two tickets and after-party passes for the film's red carpet premiere, along with a personal email of gratitude from Corey. Mm. Just an email? Like, he can't, like, <laughs> he can't Skype you R- for RJ. a minute for, like, R- 20 RJ. grand? But, but wait, there's more. For one hundred thousand dollars, oh come on! You will receive a credit in the film's titles. <laughs> well, I'd hope so. You're the fucking main, like the executive producer. Yeah, you for would, you'd, grand. you'd be covering uh, more than like like almost like one hundred and fifty percent of what he's already got so far. Uh, with this, hey, okay, with, with hey. this, with hey, with this perk though, you will receive your name in the film's end credit roll and title sequence, plus two tickets to the film's premiere and after party, plus a personal phone call of gratitude from Corey. I would just like to point out that you still do not get the CD signed for a hundred grand. He won't even fucking send you a goddamn CD. Okay, okay. But hey, I, I have RJ, a solution. Oh, wait, wait, yeah. RJ, one more. But you must be asking yourself, as our listeners are, what do I get for a million dollars? Corey's got you covered. Corey's got you covered, RJ. And this is a 50% off savings from the original $2 million he was asking. And that was to become an executive producer. As credited executive producer, you will receive a credit as such on the film's opening title sequence, access to the film set during production, meaningful creative consultation rights, and five net points of the film's profits, giving you an opportunity to earn your dollar sign back. You will also receive all other perks offered. So it's not until you kick in that one mil that you will get that signed CD. And yeah, but it's I, discounted. I, I, and I guess you'd also get like a Twitter uh, media recognition and I an email. Fucking hope so. For just for a mere million dollars. Okay, hey, I have a solution to all of your problems. Yo, if you think that your buddy Kevin Smith is all show and doesn't actually care, you you hook him up. You you start making some public noise. Uh, linking him to Corey Feldman's thing and say, why don't you put your fucking money where your mouth is, Kevin Smith, yeah. and see if he funds this thing. Because you know what? Maybe uh, maybe Harvey Weinstein knew some of the guys that was hanging out with uh, old Corey Feldman. Use use that chasing Amy money money to do mm. it, too. Yeah. Um, so. so anyway, so in case people are not aware, uh, Corey Feldman says that him and like a bunch of child actors, including Elijah Wood, who's alluded to this as well, they're all uh, getting you know, touched and whatnot by these, this anonymous group of Hollywood perverts that will not be, who remain unnamed. Um, there's no naming because apparently in California, there's a statue of limitations about this stuff. And if he names these people without evidence, he would be legally on the line. So apparently mm-hmm. $10 million will maybe make that go away or he won't even touch upon this at all. And it's just extracting it from people who like, cause there's some people who will get like pretty fucking angry about child molesters with certain amount of good reason. Um, but not to the level where it's like people are really psychotic about it. So he's kind of taking yeah. advantage of that. Um, but anyway, I don't know. 
he's a messed up dude. And this is kind of like, I saw this today and I was just like, man, oh man, this story, mm. this story needs to be told, but not by this guy who's like, you know, credibility is, leaves a lot wanting, I think. Well, get Elijah Wood involved. Uh, yeah, I don't know. He seems like a um, well-adjusted man. Mm-hmm. So, relatively i mean he, relatively. he actually is part of a like uh film company uh spectrovision which i haven't th- yeah. looked up to see what they've been up to lately well it's, you're just a bad fan yeah i guess so uh anyway so that's my news <laughs> you always know how to make the fans feel good going into our episodes <laughs> that's right well uh-huh. i think that's enough news and talk of uh disappointing cinema <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a movie to talk about. Um, after the break, uh, our world's going to become very sepia-toned, desaturated, and dystopic as we venture into the world of Lars von Trier's first feature film, The Element of Crime, from 1984. <laughs> Wait, could you hear that? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Stop. exist anymore and the lot of murders are a closed book 
Have you gone completely mad? Mr. Osborne was afraid she might be contacted by a certain Mr. Gray. The element of crime. You know, this might not be the Savoy, but we do try to keep the rooms clean. You're sick! Harry came to Halberstadt and stayed with Kim. Don't give me those bloody cliches. What are you doing, Mr. Fisher? I honestly don't know anymore. And we're back. And tonight we're talking about The Element of Crime from 1984, directed by Lars von Trier. The synopsis here from Letterboxd. A cop in a dystopian Europe investigates a serial killing suspect using controversial methods written by his now disgraced former mentor. And that's it. That is that is the synopsis for this film. And it's got some like information about the movie's place in like a trilogy of Lars von Trier's. Um, so I've got a more descriptive uh, synopsis here for the movie off of Wikipedia. Um, a detective named Fisher, who has become an expatriate living in Cairo, undergoes hypnosis in order to recall his last case. The Europe of his dreamlike recollection is a dystopia, dark and decaying. Fisher remembers pursuing an elusive killer called the Lotto Murderer, who was strangling and then mutilating young girls who were selling lottery tickets. He attempts to track down the killer using the controversial methods outlined in a book entitled The Element of Crime, written by his disgraced mentor, Osborne. He is joined in his search by a prostitute named Kim, who, it turns out, has had a child by his target. Fisher's search is based on a tailing report written by Osborne when trying to track down a murderer who had been killing in the same way as the Lotto murderer, but who, supposedly, has since died in a crash. The Osborne method requires the detective to try to identify with the mind of the killer. This he does, but, in doing so, begins to behave more and more like a serial killer himself. Hmm. So... Uh, it had been, it's been a long while since I've watched the element of crime last. Um, it was probably in the, mm, God, I'm trying to think when I watched breaking the waves first, it was like the, like early two thousands. It was one of those like movies that like had been fairly well celebrated. Um, I didn't really know anything about Lars von Cheer. Um, and I was just like, oh, breaking the waves. This sounds like it could be good. And I just rented it because they had a blockbuster. And I remember mm-hmm. at the time I watched that movie, and it was, like, really intense uh, but memorable. And I was kind of like, whoa, I don't know if I like this movie because it made me, like, feel uncomfortable the whole time watching it. Um, and then I kind of just put it on my mind for a while. Uh, and then, like, a few years later, um, I think Dogville came out. And I started hearing people talking about this movie. And I was like, oh, actually, you know what it was? Dancer in the Dark, the the movie with Bjork. Uh, okay. That movie was like all the all the craze back in 2000. Uh, and I always kind of delayed watching it because I'd always had heard it was like really depressing. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, man, I don't know if I want to watch really depressing movies, like especially if I know before going in that it's depressing. I was a different type of man back in 2000. <laughs> I, 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 had mm. ho- I had hope. <laughs> um, yeah, I, don't, I don't believe that at all. Yeah, at one point. So yeah. I was like, Larson Cheers, this guy was always like on my radar. But then I started watching these movies like mid-2000s, and I was like, oh, man, I like really like this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, I started like, oh, cool, a couple, like Element of Crime. It's like his first movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Reading the description of this movie, I was like, whoa, this movie sounds amazing. Like, it's just like this, like, neo-noir with, like, a serial killer. And this sounds like it's, like, 
really neat. I uh, can't mm-hmm. wait to watch it. So then finally I got the, the Criterion DVD ages ago uh, and like watched it. And like, I don't remember watching it the first time at all, other than the orangeness, the yellowness mm-hmm. of this, which I think is like pretty well. And like, you couldn't forget that. Because, like, movies don't look like this at all, uh, where it's mm-hmm. just, like, this overpowering sepia tone. Um, so, I'm like, really watching this again. It was, like, pretty well, like, fresh. Like, there was, like, vague things I remembered about it, but, like, a lot of details were just, like, not there. Um, mm-hmm. But So, like, my experience, like, this movie is, like, kind of sandwiched in what's called the Europe trilogy. Uh, this is the first part of it. Uh, the other two, uh, his movie is one called Epidemic, which is like an odd little movie where he himself, like Lars von Trier, plays like a doctor who's like trying to cure this plague that's like wiping out the country. Um, mm-hmm. But it turns out that he himself is spreading the disease, so he's not doing anything. These are the sort of things that uh, Lars von Trier is about. He's about like, he mm-hmm. likes str- tearing down optimists and showing them for the frauds that they are, that they do more harm than good. Uh, mm-hmm. It's one of those things that he goes back to often. And then there's this movie, uh, Europa, which is uh, a movie set during like like World War II occupation Europe uh, on a train. Uh, mm-hmm. It's got memorably like a, this like really neat, um, like kind of like hypnotic shot of like train tracks and uh, Max von Sydow reading this thing of like, you're getting sleepy. I'm going to count down. And it does mm-hmm. it. And it's like really like a fascinating thing to throw into your movie. The, one of the things that pops up a lot in like Lars von Trier's early stuff is hypnosis, which is exactly mm-hmm. how this movie starts. Um, so watching this movie again for the first time, uh, I was reminded that I'm like, oh, right. I don't really like these Europe movies <laughs> like much mm-hmm. at all. Like I just like, I don't know this movie. I kept thinking like in my mind, it, it reminds me of like a Christopher Nolan movie. Like this is like sort of the idea of a Christopher Nolan movie. And I was thinking about right. how, how Christopher Nolan would make this movie and like how I would know what's going on. It would be very mm-hmm. clear and concise. Um, it would probably have some sort of gimmickry to it in some ways, like a Christopher Nolan movie does. But the whole, mm-hmm. at the same time, I'd be like invested in the story, like in a, in a real meaningful way, um, rather than kind of like being kept at this like arm's length distance of like admiring the formalism and like the, like the cinematography. But like, there's like, for me, there's like nothing to really draw me into caring about anything that goes on in this story. Um, and it's like, I mean, I, and I, I would be the first person to be like, I love our lush Frontier movies, but I really don't mm-hmm. like his early stuff. Um, and it's not like, cause like they're like bad movies or anything like that. I just like, don't find the stories that interesting for me. His career doesn't really get started till, um, the kingdom and then breaking the waves. And then that from that point forward, he's like figured stuff out. Um, then there's like the dogma 95 kind of movement that was happening, um, with Danish film. Uh, mm-hmm. where, like, they started, like, stripping down movies to, like, the essentials. And he winds up ignoring all that stuff in a very, like, short order, and he starts making, like, slick, beautiful, amazing movies because that's what he wants to do. But um, I don't know. I've kind of talked enough about my uh, feelings, and I guess, about this, which is, like, I, I just don't particularly care for it that much. Um, mm-hmm. But, RJ, what did you mm-hmm. think? What did you think of uh, The Element of Crime? What do you think... <laughs> I thought of the element of crime. Um, 
well. My my big note was like, oh, horse. <laughs> oh mm-hmm. man, and it's like I don't remember that stuff at all. But that was like one of those things. I was like, oh, RJ was not be was going to be annoyed by that. And then a dog getting kicked, and I was like, oh yeah. But mm-hmm. it's like I would I would argue though that like when you actually watch that scene, that guy like very gently kind of like kicks that dog, like jostles it aside, yeah. and then they have some like accentuating sound effects on it to make it way worse. But um, I don't think you like this movie, RJ. That would be my guess. Okay. I don't not not like this movie. <laughs> that's uh, okay. So, uh, yeah. So that Why kick a dog? Why have that in a movie? Fine. Uh, why drown a horse? Why have that in a movie? Fine. I'm not even going to talk about those. Because apparently uh, our fans think that that's all I talk about, uh, and that you're intelligent, which I have some questions about. But um, nah, I'm just kidding, dog. Uh, no, I don't like this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this movie is borderline bad. Yeah, I I honestly do. Um, and it's for a few different reasons. Because like I understand what you're saying, where when you're like, it doesn't seem like a bad movie. Like he, like in terms of like first movies and like directing and all that like he he's pretty well put together oh, he yeah. knows what he wants to do yep. it's like a very realized world it's this like dirty mm-hmm. uh like sweaty world and like he he knows exactly how things play out in it and all that but i don't think any of it uh is good mm-hmm. um and it's not that i don't like i don't like the story for one uh i don't like his style too uh, I just don't think it, any of it is really interesting. Um, I don't think it's pretentious. Like I think some like that would be an mm. easy way to say that you don't like it. I actually don't think it's pretentious. I just think that it. I think it's a total miss. Um, I don't really know why either because like I don't have a ton of notes on it. I was just when I was watching it, it it just totally. Uh, I was completely uninterested. And I had a really hard time um, even watching it because I was like, I don't like this. It's uh, I don't think there's anything here that's even like that's grabbing me at all. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that this post-apocalypse world is only because people are lazy. uh, And that's the only reason why uh, the world (laughs) fell apart. Uh, Because there's a scene where a guy is sleeping. Yeah, there's a scene where a guy is sleeping and all the taps are running and the room is filling up with water and then like the whole world is just water. It's like, so did everyone just leave the taps on and flood the earth? Because that's a possible thing, right? Yeah. Uh, this movie has one of the my most absolute hated things in uh, television or cinema. Telephone rings. Uh, I can't stand phone or like telephones <laughs> ringing in movies that don't get answered. Oh. And it's not it's not like an OCD thing. It's just really fucking annoying because it's always super, super loud. And it's always meant to like jostle you a little bit, right? Like because you're like listening to people talk and then it's like th- like three times as loud as the people like ring, ring. And it's it goes on for fucking ever. It's like I get it. The phone is ringing. You don't have to do that. I hate that. I hate it, Jared. It happens twice in this movie. It happens twice. 
And so I, I think where you were going with that. I'm like, what do you, what do you hate so much? Because it hasn't come up yet. So this is the first, it, the criterion of phone ring. I think I actually have it written down somewhere else. There was one other movie, but I don't think I talked about it. I hate that. Um, and so like as a whole, uh, I knew I was in trouble when the movie started, when there was like that donkey dust bathing. Yeah. And then in quotations, it said man chanting in Arabic. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, uh, fair enough. <laughs> so I, I think this movie, though, I think it's a lot like he he really likes insomnia and he really likes Brazil and he really likes Alphaville and he really likes movies like that. This movie, he pre- wanted to, but so he predates insomnia. Oh, yeah. This is okay. okay. okay, okay this about is, Brazil? I came out probably a year before. And but it is this movie it is, came out a year before Brazil. Yes, this movie is very. But you know what? That's like actually like I thought about that because I think it's like the pneumatic tubes in particular. But yeah, this yeah. movie has like a uh, a Brazil vibe to it for sure. Yeah. Okay. I, well, I guess I'll eat crow on that one. But so all the reason I brought it up was because I was like, this feels like Insomnia in Brazil and Alphaville. And like movies like that, a lot of movies we've been talking about on the show. Yeah. It seems like it's a big crunch of all those movies, but it just doesn't do any of those movies as good as those movies do themselves. I agree. So like it's I don't know if like what anything that I'm saying is anything solid where No. Like no for any reason that I don't like it, it is just I really didn't like it. Like I don't I, I don't know. Like I know some people will really like it, but I just I couldn't get on board with it. Nothing interested me at all. No, that's fair. I, I don't think this movie does a particularly great job of trying to win the audience over and try to like bring you in. Like it just doesn't like, it's pretty alienating. <laughs> um, Cause like you also have yeah. like the, like throughout it. I mean, you like, have the, the hypnos like the hip, the hypnotist, the guy back in Cairo. Mm-hmm. And he's like, like it's the, he's got, he's doing English, but it's like English as a second language, thick accent. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, what is he saying? And it's kind of easy to slip in and out of like being able to catch what he's actually saying. So like clarity yeah. is just gone, but it gives like a vibe to it. And I mean, this movie is like mm-hmm. all atmosphere and it's like oppressive atmosphere. Yeah. Um, I mean, okay. So for things that I appreciate about this movie, cause like I, I'm like not that yeah. far off from you. Like I don't like mm-hmm. this movie either. And it's like, cause I know how much better his stuff gets. Uh, and like yeah. his next two movies are like not that far off from this. I just don't like them. They're, they're just like not right. memorable. They're like story wise. They're not interesting to me. Um, but like this movie looks pretty crazy in like for a movie from 1984, this movie does not look like it. This movie looks like 10 years yeah. ahead of its time. Uh, I think like mm-hmm. every music video director looks his, their stuff looks like this in, in, by the nineties and stuff like that. And you think about like David mm-hmm. Fincher movies and stuff like that. Like you look at yeah. like the look of like, uh, like seven, which isn't like, doesn't look like, uh, well, there's like, I don't know if you're familiar. There's like the one artwork, uh, piss Christ. Are you familiar? Have you ever heard of that before? No. Okay. So, uh, I'm not like, familiar. It was, a, it was a very controversial, uh, piece of artwork. I think the, the artist names escapes me. Like all names escape me tonight, but, uh, it's just, it's yeah. a it's a photograph of a uh, jar of urine that had like a little mm-hmm. like plastic crucifix Jesus in it, and he took a photo of it, yeah. and it's like it's like this beautiful image, and you don't like, you you could just look at it and be like wow, but then you yeah. read the title of the work and it's called Piss Christ, and then people got pissed, and it became like a real right wing talking point uh, during the Reagan era, uh, and but yeah, like yeah. stripping like the stop like ceasing all funding of like the arts that it became like a real 
point mm-hmm. of that. But this movie looks like this, and I, I'd have to double check and see like what year Piss Christ came in. But like it's like it has that amber look through it, mm-hmm. which I don't know. You look at the actual cinematography, and like if you can get past the like nonstop sepia, like the cinematography is great. Like the guys working on this, mm-hmm. uh, for, this is this is Lars von Trier's first feature film too. Like it's pretty right. impressive technically and all that, but like I said, like the story is just like, uh, man, could you tell this story any more like convolutedly and like unclear and yeah. like and like and make me care yeah. about any of this going on and like oh now he's banging the prostitute over a Volkswagen. <laughs> it's just like okay, mm-hmm. whatever. And then it's like just scene after scene of just people in rooms like really in love with like this idea of like uh like Hollywood film noir stuff, but like not interesting. Like it's just very 80s um, in that sense, mm-hmm. that it's like a kind of a muddly kind of like idea of style, but like style way too far in the direction of like, oh, you forgot about the story part. But I guess like some people always said like noirs don't make sense, which is crap. Like I- I've watched plenty of mm-hmm. like noirs like back in January of this year that I'm like, I understood what the whole movie was about. It's only like a handful of movies that people pull out that defense, like the big sleep. People try to say, well, it doesn't really make any sense, but it's not about making sense. And this movie kind of goes like takes that idea and it's like, well, it doesn't have to make mm-hmm. any sense. And it's just like kind of a story, but it's like so buried in stylistic f- uh, flourishes that they kind of forgot to like, oh, make a movie that people might like. But I mean, people did like this movie. People seem to respond. I mean, it's in the Criterion Collection. Um, I'm sure so they did. I'm, I'm sure that like maybe like um, late late '90s, maybe the tastes were a lot more open to this. But I don't know. Uh, I think I saw mm-hmm. uh, Josh Frazier. He liked this. Uh, he watched it like the, the day or something yeah. like that. So I'm like, that's cool. Like, I'm glad people will like this. But I mean, mm-hmm. I, I mean, watching it, I was kind of like. Uh yeah, and RJ is gonna hate this movie. Uh, but not because mm-hmm. it was like oh, but he's an idiot because he doesn't understand it. Just because like oh, this movie is just like not like given anyone any reason to really like this movie. Um, well, that's that's what I mean too, right? Like like I don't think it's pretentious. Like sometimes I don't like the, the pretentious movies that it's like oh god, it's pretty art but, house though. Like it's it, a, it's, it is yeah. But I think more more so than that, this movie is just like really irrelevantly unnecessary. Like there's so much stuff that like doesn't need to be there, right? Yeah. Like the hypnotism thing. It's like why is that other than like it's a medium to tell his story, but it's like why does yeah. that? It's like why does it need to be told like that at all? Like it, you could have just had the movie play out. Yeah. I don't know. Like it, and then it should. It just seemed like there was lots of that. Where it was like, why does this have to be like that and not just do it normal? Just do it normal. Yeah. But I actually I thought uh, this came out late '90s, and so when you were saying that this, it seems like this was ahead of its time. I, I'll, I'll give it credit on there because that's why I thought it. Yeah, he was using sampling all those other movies because yeah. it seems like a late '90s movie. Right. No, but that's the thing that's like kind of amazing about this movie is that like. It's 1984, and, like, yeah. I mean, it's a year before Brazil. Um, and I don't even know if he – he probably knew about Alphaville, but I don't know if he particular – like, nothing about his movie really says Godard to me. Like, I don't think that's his interest. No, Actually, I, I'd say that, yeah. like, because, like, his his god is uh, Carl Theodore Dreyer. Like, that's, like, the big, okay. the big deal Danish director who's actually, like, really good. Like, everything I've seen of his is, like, fantastic. Um, and one day we'll get to those. Um uh, 
uh, as we okay. get along. But uh, yeah, I don't know. The one thing, like, so I mean, I've I've read like there's like uh, Von Trier on Von Trier book. I think I read at one point. Like it's an interview book of him being interviewed. Um, yeah. And like I was like I'm very again. This was like the mid 2000s when I read this, so it's like a long time ago uh, now. But like, mm-hmm. uh, so I watched the. The special feature that's on this DVD, uh, which is a Transformer, which is just a, like an hour-long documentary on Lars von Trier at the time he was uh, making Breaking the Waves, and I, I think the the documentary is better than the movie. <laughs> like it's almost yeah. like it's almost like it's a first I think where a special feature is better than the actual movie it's a part of, um, mm. but it just touches upon his life and like it gives like. Uh, uh, background on him because like he's like been a pretty like consistent like he's a controversial figure he says stuff that gets yeah, people yeah. he gets people fired up a lot because he'll just like throw something about like hitler and then people get mad about it and he's yep. like yeah so i mean i mean he's like a weird dude i mean he's got like all these phobias and hang-ups and stuff like that he was raised by like these like uh like radical like danish uh like academics and so he was like allowed to like do whatever he wanted when he was a kid and then when he actually mm-hmm. had to like go to like regular school for a period of time he was like fuck this this is stupid um and so i mean his worldview is like really different like he doesn't play well with people um but i mean yeah I, for, I, for, I for, as a guy who like gets like i mean when he starts like working on films and stuff like that and like his interests and stuff and like working with actors like he's he's great um but i mean this movie is kind of like an elaborate hit piece on academia because this whole idea is that like <laughs> it's a movie about like the failings of like this academic process of like like finding a serial killer yeah. or whatever like it's, it's like this big big idea of like mm-hmm. the, the, it's like it's 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 bullshit and, and you get you wind up being like a horrible piece of shit but in the process you're right um and so that's, that's a very large mm-hmm. true idea but i mean it's done by like a young Lars von Trier, who's like, I mean, when you're young, you're a lot more arrogant and like have something to prove. Yeah. And this movie feels like some like a movie made by like a guy who had something to prove. Um, and I don't know if that plays well, <laughs> like or like interestingly now, because um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Neither of us are particular. Not to me. Fans. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that was like last week, and I was like, I don't know how this is gonna play. And like, I really did not remember this movie, other than like I vaguely kind of remember liking it. But I think mm-hmm. I was liking it because I bought it. I bought it, and I was like, yeah. kind of like, oh, I guess I better like this movie <laughs> you're trying to convince yourself that yeah. it was like a good thing to yeah. do you're like yeah i like this yes i got yeah. to like it because if i don't like it i'm a fraud and it's like yeah. no this, this movie's just got it's got problems <laughs> i don't know yeah, it, I, don't I agree know. i'd like to i don't know i could go out of my way i guess and find more people who uh really like this and see what they say about it now but like a lot of people don't even watch this movie yeah. these days um I'm just trying to figure out actually how hmm. old Lars von Trier was when he made this because, oh, what year was he born? Oh, my goodness. 56. So. Third Holy 20. fuck, he's old. Yeah. Yeah, he's way older than I thought, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So he was like almost 30. So he's not that young. Yeah, he was 28. Yeah. That's an old, that's like as old as you. Almost. Yeah. What, you mean like how he's like 60 Right? No. 61. When, when he made this movie, he was your age. Oh, like, maybe and, when I was and, 60. And, you, and you've got like a real chip on your shoulder. You want to show the world. Yeah, I'll, I'll show you. You're so. Who's... I mean, it explains so much, actually, now that I'm yeah, saying it. I'll out show loud. you who talks about butts and dumps. Yeah. <clears throat> well, RJ, I don't know. Maybe it's redundant, but who hates this movie? <laughs> Probably people like us. Well, 
Holly Horror. She gave this movie one and a half star. Oh. Uh, this is back in 2012, she wrote. Uh, while most people really appreciated yeah. the look and feel of the sepia tone, I could not stand it. I was thoroughly bored and thought it was never going to end. I love his later work. I think it's beautiful and atmospheric, but the element of crime was repulsive for me to look at. The complete opposite reaction I have to Lars von Trier's later work. What a bummer. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I give you that. Like if, the, you? If, if the Well, I think the look of the movie is, like, striking. It's, like, the most memorable thing about it. I mean, it didn't yeah. repulse me. It didn't turn me off. But, I mean, all the other problems are exactly it. It's just like, man, this movie is, like, it's really going, isn't it? Um, yeah. Did, did, you, did you have a timestamp on this? I didn't, actually. Oh, yeah, I did. My timestamp <laughs> was, like, 18 minutes, I think. Oh, <laughs> I, I didn't like this, man. I really uh, didn't. That's, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, Jamie Rebinall gave this one star um, and actually wrote a bit. I have a very tumultuous relationship with the films of Lars von Trier, as there are times where I notice he makes a masterful film that I fall in love with, Breaking the Ways being my favorite from his own body work, and at other times I simply cannot care less. Manderley, um, which is, Manderley's okay. While for a while I thought The Idiots was the worst thing I'll ever see from him, I don't think you'd like The Idiots either, uh, it turns out that I yeah. ma- managed to find something from him that was even worse, and surprisingly, it was his own debut, The Element of Crime. What I do recognize from Lars von Trier's work is his distinctive filmic style in order to represent the Dogma 95 movement, but in his debut, what he, what he created is something that was absolutely shoddy, and it was simply unpleasant to look at. Granted, it is not always a turnoff, but it feels distracting to whatever sort of story he's trying to tell. That was the. This is like a side note too that I didn't mention. Is like there's a real showiness yeah. to his like cinematography that's like really like oh, oh you're yeah. just showing off, and that's the thing where it's like I think you you could throw out the pretentious thing, uh, and like be like yeah, yeah I kind of like I feel secure in saying that because it's a very showy movie. Um, continuing on. Yep. But given that last statement about a story, what even is Von Trier trying to tell? Uh, every element just feels disjointed and there's no real story that I can feel. And instead, we have so many unpleasant things on the screen taking place, that, but, but without any real <laughs> context behind any of it. I've been repulsed at films like Cannibal Holocaust for that matter, but at least this one doesn't contradict what it's going for because there's nothing really to tell in the first place. Honestly, hmm. if it weren't for Breaking the Ways, and this is all that I had saw from Lars von Trier, I would be putting off every other film from him overall. I already thought The Idiots was his worst, but it was not until I saw this I've seen something so full of itself. It is truly an ugly final result. So, I don't know. I hope this yep. movie doesn't put you off watching other Lars von Trier stuff. We'll be watching him regardless. But I mean, like, I genuinely, like, I think, like, you definitely should watch The Kingdom. That that stuff yep. is uh, gold. I can't even tell mm-hmm. you why uh, it would. Uh, why you'd enjoy it it's just like it's really it's funny and zany and dark and strange mm-hmm. uh yeah it's like in his like his little television sh- series that he did that he never Is finishes that the one about abortion uh no okay uh yeah it actually this did put me off but uh i i will watch yeah i i swear because uh, this yeah. is not a good representation of his work or of his early work. I guess it is, but he gets way better. Um, even though mm-hmm. I, I have, I, yeah. I'm not a big fan of his last thing, nymphomaniac, but I'll watch anything he does. Yeah. And there's that antichrist. Yeah, there's that. I'll, I'll watch. Well, we have to watch that one day, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we got, we have, there's a bunch of, uh, Lars now. I mean, well, I guess breaking the waves and, uh, antichrist. I can't remember if there's anything yep. else to top of my head, but anyway, yeah, I don't know. One day, one day, uh, any final thoughts on yeah, this we'll movie? Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> nope, I did not like it. Yep. 
Fair Stinks. enough. Fair enough. Uh, how is it like Night Porter? I think. Yeah. Uh, I think this is worse than the Night Porter, man. Really? Uh maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Night Porter was pretty bad. <laughs> these, these are all these. I'm gonna chunk these all together. My the, my bottom five are all just like a big chunk of movies I don't like. So. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't like it. Okay. Nope. That's fine. I'm. I'm not going to argue. I'd rather watch I, uh, Alien Factor. Yeah. I will argue with Salo, uh, but I won't argue this. Okay. Okay. Fair. After the break, um, hmm, I don't know. I guess we'll like orange kill a child to to prove the case. That's kind of fucked up. See, do you do you remember this movie? <laughs> Not really. There you go. <laughs> I watched it last, or like, I, not not even a night ago, and I don't even really remember that much. It says it all. <laughs> yep. RJ, did you know that there was a band that named itself after this movie? I hope not. There is. Is and, it Corey Feldman's band? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, it's a band uh, called The Element of Crime. <laughs> I. They probably suck. <laughs> I, I, I'd have to give them a listen. Um, you can email us at criteriancreeps@gmail.com. at um, And I don't know. Talk about what you would name your band after like Citizen Kane or something? I don't know. Mm-hmm. That'd be a great band. The Citizen Canes. I like, uh, go, there's that French metal band, Gojira. That's a cool name. Yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah. Uh, we've mm-hmm. got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. Letterboxd, I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes. For anyone left listening, please review us. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, please. Out we'll your, read them on the show. Out, out yourself. Reveal yourself. Because I don't know. Is anyone else listening? And next week, uh, we'll have a ghoul school on the weekend. And then after yes. that, spine number 81. RJ. Oh, God. Federico Fellini, 1951. Variety Lights. I'm so sick of this shit. This show. This is why I can't watch Halloween movies. Bullshit like this. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, as always, I'm excited. Some Fellini I've never seen before. It's always a good day. Uh, yeah, it's great. Great day to be alive. Anyways, uh, I'm going to finish watching three on a meat hook. <laughs> what are you going to watch? <laughs> well, have fun. What are you going to watch? Uh, maybe Alien Raiders. Sweet. That's a fun one. It's fun, RJ. Yeah, I heard you like that movie, so it's a go. I'm feeling, I'm feeling aliens lately. It's one of those movies that, like, you look at that DVD and you go, "Oh my, man, this is gonna be a piece of shit." And then you watch yep. and you go, "That wasn't too bad." 
that's the type of movie nice. it is. Why? Well, yeah. Well, it's got all. It checks my uh, criteria box. Mm-hmm. Well, Alien. Next next week we'll be talking about Fun Lini. Uh, fart Lini. <laughs> <laughs>